If you're anything like me, and I think some of you might be like me if you're watching online, if you're anything like me, you hate these name tags. Oh, oh, you hate these name tags so much if you're anything like me. First day of school, going to a new job orientation, going to an event, when they asked me to put this stinking name tag on, it ruined my day. I hated it. And some of you are like, that's really strange, but it's true. And when I was at Summit, I, as I told you a second ago, one of the things I disliked most, like if there was anything that was going to run me out of this church the quickest, it was meet and greet. <laughs> I could not stand meet and greet, Shake, shaking hands, meeting people new, telling people my name. I was not a fan of that. And one of the main reasons for meet and greet, what we just did, is so that people can learn your name. One of the reasons for a name tag, the only reason is so people know who you are. And as I was thinking about this series, as I was putting this thing together uh, last week at, um, in North Carolina, I got to thinking, why do I and why did I dislike these name tags and meet and greet so much? Because I'm an outgoing guy and I like people and, and I don't hate people and I'm not running from the law anymore. So, <laughs> so why is it so hard for me to write five letters on a sticker and put it on my chest with pride. Why is that so difficult? Does anyone, ex does anyone not like these name tags? Yeah, you, it's just uncomfortable, right? And after really thinking about it, and I hope that you also think about that this morning, but after thinking about it for a little bit, I think I came up with at least one reason why. And, and, and hear me, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this or make this into some abstract adventure of self-discovery, but I realized that one of the reasons I don't like this name tag or didn't like this name tag or meet and greet is because I didn't know who I was. Not like I forgot my name, but like I didn't know the identity behind it. I didn't really know the person behind it. And more importantly for today, I didn't know what other people thought about me when I walked up to them and said, hello, my name is Kevin. Maybe they'd heard something about me. Maybe they saw me do something I shouldn't have been doing. Maybe their friend said something about me. I was afraid of finding out the person that other people thought I was. One of the main reasons I didn't like meet and greet is because I didn't really know the me that people were meeting. And when you walked up to the new person or the new people just now, what we just did just a minute ago, they may have seen somebody walking up to them that you didn't know you were. Hello. They may have heard something about you. They may see something inside of you that you didn't know. You walked up to them with a smile thinking, I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm nice, I'm wise, and I'm wonderful. But they may have been thinking, oh, you're that Kevin, the brash, arrogant, and unapproachable guy that I've heard about. And I want you to look at your name tag right now. Everybody look at your name tag and ask yourself the question, who am I? When people see this name, what do they think? And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you have no problem with meet and greet, no problem with name tags. And if somebody asked you who other people thought you were, you could give them five descriptive adjectives that make up the entirety of your existence in the eyes of your peers. And if that's you, congratulations. If that's you, praise God, hallelujah, you are worlds ahead of me and most people. But... <laughs> I am old. But what if you're wrong? What if, what if the person you think you are is not the person that other people see? And the name on the tag means something totally different that you didn't expect it to mean. The other night in men's small group with Chad, he asked us to write down 
who other people say that we are on a piece of paper. And guys, I had the hardest time. Who do other people say that I am? Like when they walk up and they shake my hand and look at my name tag and see Kevin, who do they think Kevin is? Now, who I think, who I, think I am and who God thinks I am, that's a totally different question. And we're gonna get to that over the next couple weeks. But who do other people say that I am? And I was kind of nervous writing down the answers. Y'all should try this. I was nervous writing down the other answers because I was afraid of the truths that I might find. And as I was writing, I started out with the word charismatic because you guys see this. This is what you see most of the time. And you see a charismatic and I wrote down preacher and I wrote down encourager. But then I got to thinking, man, what, what if when people see me, they see disinterested? What if when people see me, they see sharp, disconnected, self-centered? And I got a little comfortable, uncomfortable at the thought that maybe even today as self-aware as I think I am, maybe I still don't know the person behind the name tag as well as I thought I did. And, and maybe the person I think I am is not the person that people around me are in a relationship with. Hello, my name is, you tell me, because maybe I don't really know. And there's this moment in the life of Jesus that he asks his disciples a question, and I want us to consider this question today. This is going to be the, the, the whole point of the message today. Mark 8, 27. If you're following along on the Bible app, it's in there. Jesus and his disciples went on to the village around Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked them, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that? that I am. And I want to ask you this morning, who do people say that you are? If you had to write down five things that other people say that you are, could you do it? Or would you be willing to do it? Because trust me, it's harder than you think. Who I think I am, who God thinks I am, that's a little bit easier to consider. But other people, yikes. Like, I don't even want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know what other people think about me. Anybody been there? Maybe you're there right now, ooh, I don't really wanna know. Like if somebody had a suggestion box, what would they write down about you? You'd be afraid to find out. And if anybody had the right to not care what other people thought about him, it would have been Jesus. But he asks the question regardless. And I want you to know that in the context that he asked that question, he was actually trying to get to something deeper. We're gonna get to that in the coming weeks. But he asked the question, Jesus is walking through the countryside uh, with his friends, trusted disciples all around him, and he thought to himself, who do they say that I am? What do their friends think about me? What do the people of their friends, what do their friends say that I am? Jesus paused for a moment and asked the question, who do other people say that I am? And I'm asking you the same question today. When you're not around and people get to talking, because who knows that people will talk? There could be two people left alive on planet Earth and they will go find a tree to talk about each other. It's just life. People will talk. When people are talking about you, when your name comes up in conversation, are they saying that you are a loving, gracious, and caring person? Or are they saying that you're rude, self-centered, and cynical? And I know we've heard it said, and I'm sure that you've said it yourself because I've heard so many of you say it, <laughs> and I've said it, uh, myself, but I said, I don't really care. I don't, I just don't care what other people think. Like, hello, my name is doesn't really matter because if you don't like it, you can kick rocks. 
And there's an element of valor in that. There's an element of truth in that. And hear me, you definitely need to make sure that you are guarding who you do let speak into your life. But the kick rocks mentality can hinder us from becoming all that God wanted us to be. Paul said, when I'm with the Romans, I act like the Romans. Paul said, when I'm with the Greeks, I act like the Greeks. Why? Just to fit in? No. Because he was an image bearer of Christ, and so are you. Paul was saying, regardless of who I'm around, I actually do care what other people think about me, because if they don't like me, they won't listen to me. And Paul had some pretty good things to say. I think it's important that you do care what other people think about you. And please hear me, it's important that you understand, I am not saying, if you're watching online, I am not saying that we live our lives in fear of what other people think about us. I am not saying that we live our lives based on what other people think about us. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that maybe everybody isn't wrong. Maybe those closest to you, your friends, your family, maybe even the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you that the person people see when they look at your name tag may not be the person you thought you were. What husband in here agrees, and I I wanna shout, what husband in here agrees that it's important how your wife looks at you? What husband in here agrees that it is so important how your wife looks at you? Come on. What wife in here knows that it's important how your husband looks at you? What your husband sees when you walk into the room? What your wife sees when you walk into the room? How many parents know that it is important how your kids look at you? It's important that your friends want to be around you, right? You should care. And this is not about the haters. This is not about the people who are critical and just want you to become a more accurate reflection of them. This is about the people around you that want you to become a more accurate reflection of Jesus. That's what this is about. So, man, I'm not getting very many claps. I told you this wasn't a hype message. When I got up here, I told you. But it's important nonetheless. So, I'll tell you a little story, and it's not much of a story, but it's a little story, like I said. that was strange. So I have always thought, I have always thought, I viewed myself, like when I looked at my name tag, this is what I thought. I thought I was very understanding. I thought I was the most empathetic person alive. And I thought I was the most patient person alive. And going into marriage, I thought that was going to be a great asset. Like, Wendy, you have no idea how blessed you are. Be at peace, girl, because I'm the most patient, understanding, empathetic person you could have found in Jesus' name. I thought Wendy's going to be so blessed by how wonderful I am. And if you would have asked me five years ago, I would have told you that when people look at this name tag, when Wendy looks at this name tag, you would see a man with the empathy and the patience and understanding of a thousand saints. And for the first couple years of marriage, I still fought that. But eventually, after countless arguments, disagreements, hurt feelings, frustrations, in a very gentle way, Wendy informed me that I was not very understanding, empathetic, and I actually had zero to no patience whatsoever. (laughs) 
And my first reaction was shock. <laughs> like, no, you are wrong. <laughs> Ask anybody else, they'll tell you. Like, I am perfect. You, what, what do you mean? I'm not patient. What do you mean? I'm not empathetic and understanding. I was shocked. That's what we do, right? Because it's so hard for people to tell us something that we didn't see in ourselves. Nobody likes correction, but the word says that no correction seems pleasant at the time, but it yields a harvest of righteousness. And eventually, not only did I see it in our relationship, still do sometimes, not only did I see it there, but I saw it in my other relationships with my friends, with my family, with my coworkers, and it turns out I am not a terribly empathetic person. I actually find it very difficult to weep with those who weep because half the time I don't understand why we're weeping in the first place. <laughs> and I lack patience. Not so much with people but with things, there is nothing more frustrating and infuriating than reading and trying to follow the instructions to a piece of Ikea furniture. I love technology, but sometimes. But if I wasn't willing to listen to what my, my, my wife has to say and still has to say, if I wasn't listening, willing to listen to what other people thought about me, what other people say that I am, I could have lived my entire life thinking I was the most understanding and patient person since the beginning of time. Meanwhile, absolutely nobody in my life was actually experiencing that person. Are you with me? You can tell yourself all you want to. This is who I am. I say it how it is. But do you really? I'm patient, I'm empathetic, I'm understanding, I'm loving, but does your wife feel loved? Because you can say it all you want, but if the people around you don't feel it and experience it, it's not worth anything. You guys with me? If you're watching online, are you with me? You may think grandma's with me. You may think you're wonderful. You may think that you're loving and caring, but does your wife feel cared for? You may think you're present and approachable, but do your kids actually think that you're distant and hard to talk to? Proverbs 12, 15 says, fools think their own way is right. And I don't have it back there, I'm sorry. Proverbs 12, 15 says, fools think their own way is right, but wise people listen to others. Right. Proverbs 12, 15, fools think their own way is right. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I bring to the table. But wise people Listen to the advice of other people. That's a good word. That's a good word right there. Write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're on the Bible app, it's on there for you. Don't forget to save that so you can go back and look at that. This, this is important. This is really the whole point of the entire message. If you only live this life based on what you think, you will never have the opportunity to grow. But if you're willing to examine yourself based on what other people see, it will give you the ability to reflect on the person you are and the power to become somebody different. Right. I'm gonna say it again. If you only live this life based on who you think you are, you'll never have the opportunity to grow. But if you're willing to examine yourself based on what the people around you see, it will give you the ability to reflect on the person that you actually are and the power to become somebody different. And uh, you want to know what the good thing about being wrong is? All the men in here are like, no, I don't want to know. 
Do you want to know what the good thing about being wrong is? You don't have to be wrong anymore. <laughs> Once you find out that you're wrong, you don't have to be wrong anymore. Now you have the knowledge necessary for change to take place. Being in this role, being the pastor, um, in a lot of ways was exactly what I expected it to be. And in a lot of ways, not at all what I expected it to be. Living life with you, being up here, being on this platform, having the influence that I have, having the say that I have, the voice that I have, has forced me to really consider who do my people really think that I am? Who do, who do my church, who do they think that I am? Who do the people in this room watching online say that I am? Because I don't want to be oblivious. I want to be self-concerned or self-aware and concerned with the thoughts and feelings of you. I want to know that. And, 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 and maybe you want to know that as well this morning. The good thing about realizing you may not be the person you've convinced yourself you are is that it gives you the opportunity to become somebody different. I'm just going to say it again because it's the whole point. This was a simple message. I only want you to leave here thinking about this, this one thing. Who do other people say that you are? The good thing about realizing that you may not be the person you've convinced yourself that you are is that it gives you the opportunity to become somebody different. And your decision not to ask this question, if you're sitting here this morning and you're like, Pastor Kevin, you've had better words. <laughs> uh, this isn't your best work. Can't all be home runs, Pastor Kevin. Your, thank you, Grandma. Your decision not to ask this question could be the thing stopping you from becoming all that you were created to be. Your decision to think that I'm full of it up here and that I don't have to care what other people think about me with that attitude, you know, brick wall, hairspray, shenanay. <laughs> Waterfall, hairspray, brick wall, shenanay. Whatever that was back in the 1990s when I was playing with Polly Pockets because I had four sisters and no brothers. <laughs> Your decision not to ask this question could be the very thing that's stopping you from being the person that God created you to be. You won't know it until you're willing to hear it. You won't know it until you're willing to hear it. You won't know it until you're willing to hear it. Say it with me. You won't know it until you're willing to hear it. Are you willing to hear it this morning? Yes. Dave, could you come up here? Let's stand up this morning. If you're watching online, we just want to say we are so glad that you joined us this morning, and I hope that this message encouraged you. I hope this message uh, gives you the, the drive and the faith to believe that uh, not only is God working in your life, but he wants to work miracles in your life. And as we leave this place today and prepare to go back out into the world, ask yourself the question, who do other people say that I am? When you walk into work tomorrow, who do other people see coming through the door? When you, when you go to school tomorrow, who do other people see walking in the room? When you get home, who does your family see walking in the door? When you come to church, who do people see sitting in the seat? Do they see the person that you think you are on your name tag or somebody totally and completely different? Don't just ask it, 
Be willing to hear it. Be willing to make corrections and adjustments to be the best reflection of Jesus that you can be. Hello, my name is, you tell me. All right, all right. That's, um, that message, uh, it hits home for me. Uh, when I started to be truthful with myself and when I started to ask myself what others thought I was, there was therapy in that. There was release in that. There was a freedom in that. So I encourage you this week, as you, as you leave here today and you go home this week, be truthful with yourself. Take five, take ten minutes, get a piece of paper, get a pen, write those things down. How you feel others see you, perceive you, look at you, take you. Take your time to do that and and be willing to come back with those things in your pocket. Because I'll guarantee you in a couple weeks, you'll be a changed person through these messages. You'll be able to rip them up and you'll be able to throw them away. And they'll be gone because you will be changed through Christ. Shanae not sure I've ever heard Shanae in Summit Church before, but I love it. Um, but if you are today struggling with your identity, trying to find out, really, stay the course in this. I feel freedom coming for you. Before we get out of here today, though, we want to make sure everybody's right with God. We want to make sure that everybody knows when that day comes where you're going. So if you could just bow your head right now. As we look up on this congregation, if there's anybody in this room right now that doesn't know Jesus, that wants to know Jesus more intimately, that wants to know Jesus more deeply, just raise your hand wherever you're at. Mm, love a congregation of faith-filled believers. Well, then we'll just close with this prayer here today. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for this message. I thank you for this church. I thank you for everything about what this church has done in my life, what it's doing in your life, and what it continues to do in this community's life. I thank you, Father God, for Pastor Kevin to deliver a message that is real. There's no fluff. It's coming straight at you about identity. So, Father God, we know what you say about us. We know what we think about ourselves. But this week, Father, let us step out in to the unknown. And try to consider what others might think about us. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name in every way. Father God, keep us safe as we travel from this church to our homes. And let us have the most blessed week that we could possibly have. And always, always keep you first. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen.